morning. You're a right rowdy bunch today. I hope you're not going to give me any trouble. Right, so today we are kicking off our brand new sermon series, Telling a Better Story. Um, And it's really exciting when you're a curate and you get to kick off a new sermon series. Uh, It's a real honour to get to introduce a little bit of what we're going to be doing and thinking about over the next few weeks. So we are going to look at this in, in some parts. We're going to look at how do we tell the story of God in the way that our culture can relate to. And we're going to do that using the four areas that we looked at in the missional life course. So we're going to look at creation, fall, redemption, and restoration as that great story arc of scripture and the story that we see the story arc that we see played out in every other story. Then we're going to move on as we get towards Pentecost to look at how the Holy Spirit equips and empowers us to tell God's story. And then we're going to start to look at some of the things that maybe hold people back and how do we help them to overcome those barriers to engaging with this story? What are the things that um, that get in people's way, the questions that they have, that they need to be able to find effective, satisfactory answers to, to be able to engage with God. So we're moving on from thinking in the missional life course about how we shape our lives in preparation for mission, how we get into the places and the relationships that God's calling us to, to be ready to be missional people. And now we're expecting that you engaged with that and you're there and you're finding yourself in these situations. And this sermon series will equip you to have effective conversations, to use those opportunities that God's giving to you to share the gospel and to have thought about how to do that really, really well. So we're going to think a bit about what are the stories that our culture tells Where is the good in them? How can we make God known in them? And where do we need to tell a better story? And today we're going to start off by thinking a bit about creation. So I I love the passage that we've just heard. And, And in it, we hear John sort of doing this work of telling a story, don't we? The way that it's laid out tells us the story of Jesus from the very beginning about his role in creation. Um, And if you're a bit of a theology nerd, then you will be really excited about all the things that are crammed into that little passage. Um, All the stuff about creation and Jesus' role in it, all the things about who Jesus is and what he does and how he saves us. Um, There's so much in there and it's so exciting. This will be a brilliant week to watch deeper. It's going to take us about three years to prepare and record it because there's so much in there. And perhaps you're, you're not much of a theology nerd. Perhaps you're a bit of a poet. And what you love is that pattern, that expression that's in there. It's so beautiful, this passage. Um, 
And that conveys something to us, doesn't it? If you, if you hear that passage, do you not feel something in the poetry of it, in the way that it's expressed? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That means something, and it also makes us feel something, doesn't it? As we hear this story unfold of who Jesus really is. It's a brilliant example of storytelling. It has layers of meaning. And Jesus told stories, didn't he? Jesus told loads of stories that helped people to hear something ordinary and connect with our extraordinary God. Storytelling is really important. The whole world is built on stories. Every culture has stories. We are a story-formed people. Our expectations, our beliefs, our understanding of the world is based on the stories that we hear. If you think for a moment about what people do in their spare time, they watch stories. In our culture, what we do is we watch Netflix. And we don't just watch Netflix. We binge watch Netflix, because we don't just even want a little bit of the story, but we we desperate for the story. We want to see what's going to happen next. And it keeps us up late because we want to be immersed in stories. It's what we're created for. And so we're going to think a little bit today about the story of the gospel and the stories that our culture tells and how do we help people to connect those two things together. Because as Steve said before, they're quite far apart in many ways. But the gospel story has something to offer to our culture, and we have to believe that. That's what being disciples is all about. And so we're going to think, first of all, about God as creator. Jesus told parables to help people to understand who God was and what God is like. How can we tell a story of creation in such a way that it expresses something about who God is and what his relationship to us is as our creator? How do we point people to the author of life? Well, I think in God we see incredible creativity and purpose. Everything in creation has a purpose, it has a usefulness, but it's not utilitarian at all. You see, God makes things that are beautiful and useful. Everything in creation shows God's creativity and his purpose, and we are made in God's image. So when we tell a story about the creator God, we're also telling a story about something to do with humanity. We're telling a story about what it means for us to be made in the image of God as creators. And when we look at our culture, um, we see that We're increasingly inclined to be creators. Social media is about creating our own content. When I look at what my children watch, they very rarely watch anything on like BBC, for example. My children watch YouTube, and it is full of 
user-created content. It's all been designed by people somewhere between their age and mine using their own creativity to tell a story. And they do that using games like Minecraft and they tell stories through the gameplay. They create incredible songs and content and, and it's beautiful. Lots of it is really, really good, but it's made at home on their own computer in their bedroom. The generation that most needs to hear the gospel right now are a creative generation. They expect to be able to partner in creating the content that they're looking for. How do we as the church speak to them about that creativity that they found in themselves that we know is the image of God reflected in them? And how do we help them to harness that in their understanding of the gospel? When we live out our God-given creativity, when the church is creative, when we use the thing that God's given us, we invite other people to express the image of God in them by using their own creativity. So what are some of the things that our culture says about God and about us? Can we get the next slide? So in our culture, we hear this, this sense that our life is our own, that we are called to live our best life, that we should be making the most of this one wild and beautiful life because that's all there is. That if you don't maximise the time that you're on earth, there's nothing beyond that. And so you should take chances, you should be creative, you should use all of what you've got in front of you to make this matter. But the gospel says something slightly different. The gospel tells us that there is a loving creator who made you with a design and a purpose. That your life matters and it matters beyond just yourself. That your life has eternal significance and that your life has significance in the world around you. The Bible tells us that through him, all things were made. They were made. They have a design and a purpose to them. And in him is life, and life in all its fullness. We need to help people to connect this sense that they are makers with the sense that they are made. We need to help people to connect the idea that life should be lived to its full with the idea that life in all its fullness is only found in relationship with Jesus. The next thing we're going to think about is you as God's good creation. And one of the things about living in a world that's full of creativity and expression is that it's very painful to express who you are, the authenticity of all that you are, and it be rejected. And we see that happen in our culture. We have a cancel culture, a culture where if what you say or do is unpopular, you'll know about it. How do we, as the church, communicate the worth of every person who we come into contact with? Psalm 139 tells us that God created us and he knows us. That he put us together. 
and that were wonderful. How do we express to the people we meet on Monday morning that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that somebody who loves them created them? And in this area, the gospel is really quite different from the messages of our culture. One of the biggest lies of our culture is individualism. The idea that you need to make the most of who you are. A hundred years ago, people made their decisions on the basis of the good of bigger units, families or neighborhoods or wider society. And there's been some good to people being able to express themselves, to have a bit more freedom, but individualism has also robbed us of some of the things that we're made for. You see, the Bible tells us it's not good to be alone. That we were made for relationship, that God is a perfect, loving relationship in the Trinity. And that that is also the image that we're made in, that we're made to live connected to one another. And in living that connected life, we can replace the anxiety of, our, of writing our own story with being part of something bigger. Did you know that belonging is directly correlated with reduced anxiety? When we feel like we're part of something, when we feel like we belong and are accepted, we're less anxious. And one of the greatest struggles of our society is anxiety. We're an anxious culture. We feel unsettled because we don't feel like we belong. The church has a better story to tell. We are a community and a family. We're a place where everybody can belong. How are we expressing that to the world around us? We're not made to live life alone, but we're made to live and work in community. We're made to live for something bigger than ourselves. actually. We're made to live relationship with somebody bigger than ourselves. but we're actually made to live in a way that impacts wider than just our own lives. In Acts 2, we see that the church shared everything together. They had everything in common, and they looked after everyone. And that is an incredibly transformative model of church. If we were able to live in a way that we belonged, we had a real sense of connection and community in this place, and a community that was open for anybody to belong in. And out of that sense of community and belonging and family flowed provision for those who really needed in our community. And a place to be able to connect and belong. We would transform society if we lived that way. And that also actually means not being isolated by our failures and our weaknesses 
Really belonging means being accepted on your best day and on your worst day. And that's the kind of community that the church is meant to be. See, our culture says you're free to write your own story. And we see this, um, I talked earlier about Disney films. Like when we look back at the early Disney princess films, the Disney princesses, they always needed somebody to save them. They always needed a man to come along and save them. But we don't see that anymore in the stories that Disney put out. If you watch a modern Disney princess film like Frozen or Moana, what you will see is a strong and independent woman who's going on an adventure and she's got it and there is no need for a man to come and save her. And that's good because we're telling a better story. We've told a better story to this generation of girls that they can be something all on their own. But actually, we haven't told them a better story because we've told them that they have to do it all on their own. And actually, we all do need someone to save us. It's just that we need a better person to save us. Writing your own story is too much responsibility for you. You need help from the one who wrote the bigger story. Your story only makes sense in the context of God's bigger story. How do we help people to take their little stories and live bigger? Because that's what we all want. We're all trying to create a life that is meaningful and purposeful. How do we help people to make the connection between that desire and how it works out in God's bigger story? And then finally, thinking about creation itself. Right now, the world faces an incredible challenge. We face a climate crisis. And actually, society is worried about this. This is a focus for lots of people. And if we look, um, there are so many things going on where people are rising up and saying, this really matters, this is our home, and we have to safeguard it and protect it. But this is not an issue that the church is leading on. This isn't something that we're doing very well at engaging with. But what we say and do about creation says something about what we believe about the creator and his creation. See, if we engage ourselves in this issue, we have a better story to tell because there is incredible need and we need to act responsibly like people who are called by God to be stewards of creation. There's an active element to this, but there's also a better story to tell because scripture tells us something else about creation. Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 tells us that in him all things hold together. That God creates and sustains this world. That it is his and he holds it in his hands. That doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility to act responsibly and to, to champion the care of God's creation. But it does mean that we don't need to be fearful but we can stand on that creation.
Psalm 146 tells us that God is faithful to his creation. Where are the voices of the church saying God is faithful to his creation? God cares about this issue and he's not leaving us alone to our mess, but he's with us. That God is faithfully with us even when we've made a mess. In all of these things, we have a better story to tell. We have the opportunity to speak into our culture and say something different, something that's a little bit foreign, and we have to find the ways that we say these things so that people can connect to them. Because we have a better story to tell, and it's a true story. Loads of the stories in our culture, they're not true. The story that you can write your best life is not true. When you try to do that, you get lost in individualism and loneliness and hopelessness and anxiety, trying to always be better. But when we, as the church, live the true story of God, and I think this is the difference, is that we do get to tell the story, but we also have to live the story. If we live the story that we're created to be part of something bigger than ourselves, if we live the story that our creativity is made in the image of God, that we're made for a purpose, that creation and everybody in it has value because of the creator, then we can help people to connect to the true story of God's goodness and faithfulness to us. And as we connect all our little stories into God's big story, then we see culture transformed by the goodness of God. And the only real way we can do that is by living the story. If we live connected, fruitful, creative lives that serve the story beyond ourselves, then we will demonstrate the power of the gospel. And that will transform individual lives and the whole of society because that's what the gospel does. That's what we see in the Acts church is that as people live out of the power of this story, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that it changes the world around them. And that's what we're called to do.